Still Becoming One podcast. We are Brad and Kate. In our more than 20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. Now, as a licensed marriage counselor and relationship coaches, we help couples to regain hope and joy. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Let's start the conversation. Welcome back, everybody. We are so glad that you are back again for Still Becoming One. This is part two of our Growing in Intimacy series. Last time we talked about growing spiritually intimate together. Today we're going to tackle what does it mean to grow together emotionally? Yeah, emotional intimacy. I think we all hear the term and some of us are confused by it. Some of us are like, yes, we need more of it. Some of us are like, just don't know what to think. There's, there's lots of, of thoughts around this topic. I want to first start right off by saying, guys, this episode is for you. So don't turn off just because we said the word emotional and think this is just for the women. In fact, this is actually something I, I care a lot about because there's this myth out there that men are somehow less emotional or less equipped to be emotional than women. And that's just not the case. The reality is God has designed all of us with all of those emotions inside of us. We know they're there. God put them there. We just may not have all the words for them and all the titles for them. Well, and I think if you find yourself in the opposite situation where you find yourself to be the husband in the situation who very much wants to grow in this area um, and talk about emotional things and the wife does not, that's also not abnormal. No, that's true. That's true. So, so one of the things that I like to say is it's honestly been the last 150 years that has told men that they're not supposed to be emotional. If hmm. we look back in history, and I'm a little bit of a history buff, I kind of like history uh, stuff. A little bit is an understatement, but okay. So if you look back in history, you will find the reality that men often had very close emotional relationships, sometimes with other men, definitely with their wives. You see that in, in writing and that they have no problem using deep emotional words to connect with others very intimately. But somewhere in the last 150 years, we've gotten to this mindset where being manly means we know basically what happy or angry is. And that's Sometimes just about sad. it. Maybe. In really like extreme situations. Yeah, right. Only when you're like supposed to at a funeral. Right. Exactly. So, you know, we've, we've basically boiled men down to like two or three emotions, and that's just not reality. And we were listening to Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart, recently, and, and she actually talks about how our vocabulary impacts our awareness of emotions. Mm. There is a simple reality that if we don't have a word mm. for what that emotion is, we're not sure exactly how to feel it. Yeah. And that's part of what's happened a long time ago is is we've stopped giving good words for a lot of emotions and just told men they're angry. Well, and I think like when I learn a new word and I learn what it means and it's definitely of the emotional genre, then I feel like I'm inundated with situations where like, ooh, that word applies. Sure. Ooh, that word applies. Absolutely. And so I think that speaks really well to 
to what you were saying. Yeah. So the the whole idea of emotional vocabulary is actually a really important part of growing emotionally together. And it's it's one thing that I've done, and and there's just this reality that as a counselor, as coaches, Kate and I kind of immerse ourselves in the emotional world, but I still honestly need an emotional vocabulary list sometimes mm-hmm. in order to try and identify what I'm feeling or or to really help somebody else to to dial in to what they're feeling. Sometimes having an emotional vocabulary list can be really, really helpful. So one of the things that we've done is add a emotional vocabulary list onto our website. If you go to stillbecomingone.com and look for this episode, you will find a downloadable guide that you can hang up on your fridge and um, look at a whole huge long list of emotional vocabulary words. Yeah. We happen to have one on our fridge too for for some of our kiddos who need that. You know, it's just not something. If you grow up and your parents constantly sort of instill this in you, it would feel natural. But for most of us, that's not actually what happens. So having a vocabulary to talk with your spouse about is just not something many people enter marriage with. Absolutely. And knowing the difference between being irritated, exasperated, and belligerent you know, you probably all can think about it when we hear those words of what some of the differences are, but in t- when you're feeling it, it's a little bit harder. But sometimes having the words start you to feel different things and uh, to understand them a little differently. So that is one way that you can actually grow in emotional understanding with each other is just really pursue each other's heart and learning some of the words that make a difference to them. Yeah. And so like, I think taking a few steps back and saying, well, what does this look like on a daily basis? How do we grow in emotional intimacy? And I think it is very basic. And I think we think it's way more complicated than it is. The basic bottom line is we share our lives together. We share our lives with what's happening, um, what we're experiencing, how that's impacting us, how we feel about it. And then, of course, there's where where we share our emotions for each other. But in a really practical sense, it's just talking about our days, talking about the things that are going on in our jobs with sure. our kids, the things that God is showing us, as we talked about in our last episode. All of those things connect us emotionally. I mean, sometimes we're talking about facts, and yet... There's more than just the facts because we can talk about something happening at work or something happening with the kids, but then there's emotions behind those things happening. Right. Absolutely. And I was actually just recently talking with a guy who was trying to grow emotional intimacy with his spouse and just feeling like he was running into a wall and they would kind of talk about their day and they could go through, you know, I did this at work and this, you did this at work. And, and then it was just kind of there and they weren't sure what else to talk about. Mm. And one of the assignments that I gave them just to start the conversation again was to take this emotional vocabulary list and just take turns picking a word. Just pick a word. And it could be a good positive emotion. It could be a difficult hard emotion. And just pick a word and think through a time in their life where they felt some of that. 
So it could be something like um, sympathetic. Think of a story where you felt sympathetic for somebody Mm. and just use that as a conduit to get into some other emotional experiences and stories in their life. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And I think that you can use that um, in in sharing story, your past, but also in just what's happening currently in your life, just to kind of exploring that. And this isn't to say that every conversation you have has to go deep into emotions. Sure. But when we have the absence of that constantly, we are not actually connecting with our own emotions and therefore allowing our spouse to understand where we emotionally are and then our spouse to grow in that intimacy with us. Right. So I want to give all of the guys this formula, although I'm sure some of the women would appreciate it as well. This is actually from my first graduate course in counseling. And I absolutely hated this when I first heard it, but then I've come to realize how positive and how helpful it can be is there's just a simple sentence that you can use to help connect with somebody else. And that sentence is just simply, you seem to be feeling blank because blank. You have to fill in the blanks, though. You do have to fill in the blanks. <laughs> you need to feeling blank because blank. That that probably won't go right. very well. But if you are sitting there and listening to your spouse's story about their day, and you're just not sure what to do, you can say, man, you seem to be feeling worried because of whatever you just heard, and just kind of repeat a little bit of what you heard. And that process of just putting an emotion word to it and repeating back a little bit helps the person feel heard, but then also they may end up going, no, you know what? I'm really not worried. I'm just kind of feeling lost, right? And so they may modify the word a little bit and mm. and all of a sudden kind of now you're having an emotional discussion that helps you to actually get to that closer place of intimacy. And I would just encourage you, you know, if you, you use that sentence and you miss the mark, give yourself grace and, and, as your sp- as the spouse listening like give grace because as we learn to be in tuned with each other because attunement is a huge thing as we grow in attachment which someday that could be a whole another um podcast absolutely but you're going to miss it sometimes right and so it's okay when your spouse gets it wrong just say just nicely say nope that's not quite it and you know and and redirect and don't feel bad when you got it wrong like even with couples that I know are very deep, emotionally connected, we're not in their shoes. So there are times we perceive something to be happening and it's not actually what's happening. Correct. We often show an emotion and we feel an emotion. And many times we don't actually show what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. So it can be tricky when you're trying to interact with that and and I would say as the spouse who's who's trying to um, say, hey, I see this, just be naturally curious. Like, oh, I think I think I see that this is what's going on. Natural no. curiosity. Natural curiosity is a really really good word for how to grow emotionally intimate together. Is I want to be curious about your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Care that they're there. Yeah. And try to pursue 
what they are a little bit. And I think it's also okay. I want to put it out there to be like, if someone asks you, your spouse asks you to be like, I don't, I don't know right now. Mm-hmm. And I need to think about it or I need some time, but this just feels like a lot of pressure and I don't know. It's okay. Like yeah. we're not always going to be able to be spot on. Like this is what I feel or, you know? Yeah. But I think there's a place where just putting that emotion out there and, and saying that you want to hear it, you, mm-hmm. you care about it is mm-hmm. a big part of what that growing emotionally together. Yeah. And we, you know, if you stop and think about it, we, all of our interactions during the day, not even interactions with people, whatever we're taking in, we are experiencing them through both fact and emotion. And so if you think about your day, you just think about today, for instance, from the moment you got up to the moment you went to bed, you can, I like think about it in different things mm-hmm. of that made me feel, that made me feel, um, you know, God wired us to experience things that way. And some of us are more in tune with that. Some of us are less, but it's an amazing way we can connect as a couple to understand what the other has been going through. I am not prescribing that you go through every little minute of your day and talk about your emotions. But for many of us, we think, oh, it was an emotional day. I didn't really think of anything. But if you actually think about it, like I could think about this morning, I got in my car and I love driving my little mini Cooper around. So I got in my car and that just made me happy. And I drove to work and then I thought about the 50 things that I needed to do and the 25 emails that were waiting for me. And I got a little overwhelmed. You know, and then I sat down and I started to get some of them accomplished and I felt good. I'm getting these done. This is a relief. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we break down our day, we actually experience emotions a lot more than we realize. Yeah. And that's, gosh, that was only like, we live only two miles from where we work. So that was only a whole 20 minutes of my life today. Well, and what's interesting before, when we were just talking about the topic before we got on, you talked about how emotional intimacy can sometimes feel a little elusive. Mm -hmm. Do you want to say more about that? I think when we're, since we decided to tackle the topics of spiritual intimacy, emotional intimacy, and sexual intimacy, this is the one that feels a little elusive because we know what sexual intimacy is, although there are great... um, expressions within that it's not just defined as one thing um and then spiritual intimacy intimacy as we talked about is also a little bit easier to sort of pin down and emotional intimacy can be sort of elusive like are we emotionally connected are we not i don't actually know i may think myself an emotional person like i experience a lot of emotions does that mean i'm connected with my spouse emotionally and that's the thing like there's your emotional health and how you feel and how you interact with your emotions. And then there's how the two of you are growing emotionally together. Cause it's kind of like we talked about with spiritual intimacy. We each are on our own emotional journey. Sure. And then there's the part where it intersects. So I think it's really good to be able to say like, what does that look like? And we, you know, what does it mean to emotionally connect in a day? And um, I think we tackled some of that. But I think it's kind of like, well, how are we growing emotionally together? Right. And I think it really comes back to the simple formula we gave with spiritual intimacy is you're experiencing emotions each individually every day. And then 
You're connecting as a couple, sharing about your lives, sharing about some things that um, have brought up emotions in you, sharing that with your spouse and connecting. Then there's also the times we're interacting as a couple and the emotions that that brings up, whether it's interactions that are what we would call happy or positive, and then there's interactions where it might be conflict is involved. Um, And so then how are we understanding and growing in emotions when those things are happening? Yeah, that's really, really good. And I don't want to discount any of the women out there who are listening and saying, man, my husband doesn't do this. Like, or my husband doesn't even talk emotionally, or he doesn't seem to get it emotionally. I really want to encourage you that that's not the case. And in fact, I I wanted to tell you the story of a a guy I've been coaching recently. Um, He is very much a traditional kind of man's man, you know, would definitely not say he is over emotional, but the reality is he started coaching because he was feeling incredibly distant from his wife and a whole lot of other things happened because of that. Um, But when it boiled down to it, it really was that at the phase of life they were in, her attention was focused on kids, on other things, and he just felt rather lost. And could he have put it in emotional terms? Absolutely not. But there's a place where he was missing the emotional intimacy of his wife just asking about his day and just some of the simple things. And so as they've reunited in just doing some simple ideas of how to connect together, all of a sudden he feels more emotionally connected. So don't discount your husband's emotions, just because it seems like he's not using emotional words. Probably not going to start with emotional words of, you know, I I feel like I'm missing you. It may not even be that emotional missing, right? It may come out as, man, we haven't talked in a while. Yeah, it may come out as anger and frustration. Sure. Um, And I think, as always, we just want to caveat, it it could be the same for wives. Of course. Um, So... While there, we always talk about, not always, there are times we will talk about a larger majority that doesn't make the smaller minority any less important. That's right. And you can really flip these things around and make them apply to either side. Right. Um, But I think this is one of the first things that goes missing, that we know something isn't right, but we don't know how to identify what it is. Yes, that's exactly right. And this is why we talk often about the principle of believing the best of your spouse. If you can believe that they desire to have emotional intimacy with you, then in those moments where you're not feeling it, it is so much easier to go to them and say, wow, can we work on carving out some time just because I feel like I'm missing you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the signs that we need that time is when I get to that place of going, oh, I haven't told you that thing that happened yet. And and if I have several of those things that have happened and we haven't had a chance to talk about them, I know we need to carve out some time. It would be really easy to be like irritated or upset because we have to carve out that time, but it just is a reality of life. 
and I can go to Kate and just go, you know, wow, it seems like we just haven't had time for each other. Let's make sure we get some and believe the best that she wants that. And it's really easy to hear that and feel instantly like I've done something wrong. I haven't carved out time. And I will tell you that is something that I have to fight yet. I know that it's something that I want. And Mm -hmm. so when that feeling comes up of like, Oh, I've done something wrong. I haven't made time. I always have to stop myself because that is never what you're saying. I don't know in our years that we struggled, we didn't communicate well. So that may have been what we were saying, but I know now that is never your heart and that you truly just want to connect with me. And so I I have to fight because, you know, I'm a, a mom of four kiddos, part of the time home, part of the time working. And it's just like, oh, shoot, I haven't given us enough time. So it can quickly become condemning instead of just in kindness saying he wants to spend time. He wants to find time. That's a really good thing. I want it too, and not go the self condemning route because it just kind of keeps that record player in your head going of negative, which is, is not the point. Right. And I think there's, there's probably every spouse out there can identify their negative record that can play when anytime someone comes and um, your spouse wants to share more time with you, no matter what we're talking about. Right. So just reminding yourself to believe the best that truly is just what they want, more time, more connection. So some of those ideas of really working on your emotional vocabulary, try to grow what some of those words are and pursue growing that in understanding with each other taking time to talk about some of the little things before you can get to the big emotional deep things is is so important it just emotions take time to get to share your lives together like i mean ours just looks like what it looks like i don't think it has to look anything like what yours does but I think that I know I try to connect with you. I'll read articles and I send them to you. And I always laugh because I'll be like, he'll have like five in his text. I'll be like, did you read any of them? Nope. Didn't have a chance to read them yet. And I'm like, that's okay. I'll just tell you about the article and what I thought about it. Um, Because like that's that I'm like, I want him to know what I read in that article, what I thought was really interesting, why it was attractive to me. And, you know, that's kind of like, one way that I connect with you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not necessarily how how you like to connect, but you will if I say, oh, really want you to read that one, he will. The problem is I can send them at an alarming rate. So, you know, one could probably not read as fast as I send the articles because um, I'm a big lover of relevant magazines. So I just love to read their articles. But, you know, share your lives together. Something happens with your family, you know, just connecting on it. Something mm-hmm. happens at work. Not, and I'm not necessarily talking negative. That is not right. not the just goal pursue here. pursue what those emotions are. I love to share funny stories from the yeah. day. Something completely silly that happened um, because it just, it connects you. I had our almost 16-year-old at the dentist today, and she was already in the dentist chair. And a hygienist came out and asked me, there was another teenage girl sitting there. And she said, Mom, do you have any concerns? And I was like reading my book and I looked up and I was like, oh, I'm not her parent. 
And we just had like this funny moment. And I like came home and I I told you because it was funny and it was just like a part of my day. And that's just what I mean, where we just share and we connect. But quickly that can become you go to work, you come home, you eat dinner, you share very little. Turn on the TV and numb out together. Or whatever else is your thing, read Mm -hmm. or do work, whatever it is. And then you go to bed and it's like, yeah, you still love each other. You still care about each other, but there's just no connection. Yep. Yep. And that's, and that's takes time and effort and energy. And we just encourage you to keep working on still becoming one in putting that energy in because it doesn't happen overnight and yet it is so critically important. Yeah. And we would love to, as always hear what you and your spouse have what ways you have found to connect emotionally that has really been helpful to the two of you to sort of keep that moving in a forward direction. I mean, we all have times where life throws us curveballs and it kind of stands still for a period of time. That is normal. Yeah. But then just that like, when I know we need to get back to this, I know we need to connect. Um, how do you do that? And how do you keep it going for the most part on a pretty regular basis? Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Stop on over to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We would love to uh, see you there and hopefully learn from each other as we are all working on still becoming one together. So don't miss episode three of this series, which will be coming out next week on how do we grow in sexual intimacy together? A huge, important topic that I know a lot of people are asking. So don't miss it. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses, and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldrichministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.